We knew it would be a bloodbath. We just got the wrong party. There has there was no red wave. There was not even a red puddle. There was there was not even a red trickle. Now it's official that the Democrats control the Senate. Yeah, the Democrats have officially won Nevada, which is inexcusable that the Democrats control the Senate. Republicans have still not secured the House, believe it or not. Uh, they're telling us that's that's in the bag. They're telling us you don't have to worry. The Republicans will win the House. But I don't even know what to believe anymore. So you can blame Trump all you want, and we are going to get to that. But this is a disgrace of epic proportions. This is a disgrace for the entire Republican Party. You cannot blame Trump, but then absolve Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, Rona McDaniel, Steve Scalise, and other Republican leaders. This is shameful. And we're going to get break it all down, get into all the details here, because you have the worst president ever. <clears throat> Approval ratings are what, 26, 27 percent. You have the economy in shambles. A coffee cup with an R should have been able to crush Fetterman in Pennsylvania and so many of these other can Democrat candidates. And the worst part is that as radical as the Democrats have been for these past two years, now they're going to feel even more empowered, even though they actually <clears throat> did suffer some heavy losses. And this is not exactly a victory for the Democrats either. But now they're looking at it that way and they're going to be even worse. They're going to implement even more radical policies because they're going to say we can get away with it, which is why the Republican Party needs to come together. Not everybody blame each other. So listen, I'm going to break this all down. It may go a little long here. Bear with me. This is important. And hopefully this will be a little bit therapeutic for both me and you because it's been a traumatic week. There are many factors, but here's the thing. You want to blame Trump? We're going to get into all of that. You got to blame the messaging of the Republican Party, the awful, awful, hideous, egregious messaging. And I admit that I missed this. I don't want to look. We know I got this wrong. Everybody got it wrong, but I was expecting a red way. I'm learning not to make predictions anymore, but and I hate to be a Monday morning quarterback, but voters bought into this bogus narrative that somehow the economy is not Biden's fault. That's a huge part of this, and that is on the entire party, the Republican Party, because voters actually believe the worst economy in the last 40 or 50 years, clearly as a direct result of Joe Biden, and voters are blaming it on Putin, and they're saying it's a, it's a global thing, it's not an American thing, and it boggles the mind how people literally it's the president. The president always gets the blame when the economy is bad. But the media and the Democrats have voters so brainwashed and the Republicans somehow failed to uh, contradict that narrative. And they and they and they and they bought into it. So you want to blame Trump and ignore the all, all the other flaws. That's very concerning to me, because then all that's going to happen is what's going to happen. Imagine if they blame Trump and they somehow push out Trump. And they say, all right, good. Now we got rid of him. He was the problem. And then you're going to not fix all these other issues. Then all you're going to do is keep on losing. Think about this. This is very important. Voters are not saying, yes, the economy stinks. If you look at look at what independent voters are saying, <clears throat> the people who are voting for Democrats, I'm not talking about the 20 percent radical leftists who are always going to vote you know, Democrat, the AOC people. I'm talking about middle of the road, the people who you need to vote Republican in order to win, to take back Congress. They're not saying, yes, the, the economy stinks. And yes, it's Biden's fault. But Trump is top, toxic. January 6th. That's not what they're saying. People always care about the economy and about their own pockets, their own wallets before they care about 
silly issues like January 6th and the Capitol and election denial and all of that. That's not what they're saying. They're not saying, yeah, the economy's terrible. I'm willing to live with a terrible economy because Trump is toxic. That's not what they're saying. They're saying Biden has nothing to do. They would agree. They would vote Republican if they connected that to inflation in the economy. And that is crucial. They're saying Biden, and I'm seeing this. I'm literally seeing this all over social media. Inflation? Inflation's all, it's in Europe. Inflation's just, just as bad in Europe. What does that have to do with Biden? You can't blame Biden for the economy. That's, that, that, that's inexcusable. Think about this. 295 million Americans do not watch Fox News, okay? The vast majority of Americans, they're getting their news from the mainstream media and they are brainwashed by the mainstream media or they're not even tuned in. They don't even, they're, they're just listening to, 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 to music and they don't even, ever bothered to read the news, and then they just pick up a paper one day right before Election Day and realize, oh, Trump's the bad guy, Biden's the good guy. That, this, that's how this process works. So it needs to be plastered on every gas station. There need to be billboards all over the country saying, blame Biden, saying it's the economy, stupid, and blame Biden. Think about this. you got a president who barely knows where he is, record inflation, massive surge in crime, the baby formula shortage. I mean, it's an embarrassment to live in America. The supply chain, Afghanistan. The, the the misery level is higher than I've ever seen it. And yet they're not blaming the man in charge and they're not blaming co- Democrats control everything. They send the country off a cliff and somehow the voters are not blaming the Democrats. And you're not putting that on the Republican leadership. It's not that the Republican leadership could not have done a better job of conveying to Americans. Hey, you know whose fault it is that you're miserable? It's Biden because he's the president and it's Pelosi and it's Schumer. And somehow they did not get this message across. And we're not blaming McConnell and McCarthy. Explain that to me. My 10 year old could have beaten any Democrat in the, in, in, in the most blue state. There should have been billboards saying it's the economy stupid. Every gas station in America should have pictures of Biden saying, blame me for your misery. Okay, so if you're going to blame Trump, that's fine. We will get to that. But you've got to blame the rest of the party as well. They are all at fault. All right. So here's the story. The Democrats have 50 seats in the Senate. They may actually gain a seat because there's a runoff in Georgia. So they may have 51, but 50 gives them the majority, of course, because Kamala is the deciding vote. Blake Masters lost Arizona. By the way, Mitch McConnell did not pump any money into Arizona, into Blake Masters' uh, uh, campaign in Arizona. People are furious about that. McConnell did give millions, a lot of millions to a lot of Senate races around the country. So it's not like he didn't. I thought, you know, maybe he was trying to sabotage Trump. I don't believe that's the case. And keep in mind, there were 34, the, the Republicans did have a tough battle in the Senate. Obviously, I'm not condoning anything. But there were 34 Senate seats. This does, this gets underreported. There were 34 Senate seats that were in play, that were up for election. And of those 34 Senate seats, 20 of them were Republicans defending their seats. Only 14 were Democrat seats. So that's a tougher map for Republicans than for Democrats. That changes every couple of years, but I don't care. So here's the story about Trump. Trump, and I'm going to read you a piece coming up from the American Spectator, which I think really sums it up very nicely. Trump candidates lost in the swing states. Trump, he obviously picked very conservative candidates. Now, those conservative candidates did well in in, in states like Kentucky and, uh, you know, in, in states like Utah and in states that are obviously very red states. But then we got to face the fact there's a lot of swing states. There's a lot of purple states, uh, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, Arizona, and Trump. They're saying that Trump chose – here's what people are saying. A lot of you have called me. I've gotten calls from many listeners saying – 
It's over. The Trump era is over. He's done. Get him out. He's a liability. And he did seem to choose a lot of listen. Here was Trump's criteria. And this is the problem. And a lot of people are saying this. Your criteria for choosing who's going to run in a congressional race cannot be based on who believes that the 2020 election was stolen. Okay, you cannot choose a candidate. The the sole criteria cannot be are you with Trump or are you against Trump? Uh, Do you believe that Trump really won in 2020 or did he not? Well, if you don't if you think Trump didn't win in 2020, then, you know, we want you out. You're not you're not going to be our candidate. That can't not be how this works. You need strong candidates. You need winning candidates. And I hate to say it in some Districts, you need a moderate candidate. In some districts, if you put up a very conservative candidate, then you're going to lose because these are swing districts that you know they don't want to hear that you know the that 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 a certain candidate you know wants is happy that Roe v. Wade is overturned. Now you can say, well, what about our values, our principles? The question is, do you want to win or do you not want to win? A lot of these districts are very left, and you need to put up you you need to put up a moderate candidate if you want to have a chance. So I understand that there's that sentiment out there. So Trump. People are saying he was selfish. He was selfish. He he would literally take a winning a a candidate who could win a potential candidate with the potential to win and say, no, I don't like that guy because that guy uh, voted, you know, for Biden in 2020 to become the president that not not voted. But, you know, in other words, uh, uh, solidified, certified Biden as the president. So therefore, that candidate is out. So, you know, so, so, so Trump's choosing the candidate based on no other criteria, but whether they supported him in 2020. Uh, even after he supposedly lost the election. So, you, so, so a lot of you are saying throw Trump off the ship, but you also need to realize it's easy to blame Trump. It may be justified to blame Trump, but it is a cop out because there are many factors. And if you don't fix the other stuff, you're just going to keep on losing. In addition, by the way, the media did not help one bit. The media kept predicting a red wave. Now I'm guilty. I also kept predicting a red wave, but think about that. What, what, what that does is it makes voters complacent. A lot of Republican voters wake up on Tuesday morning and say, oh, you know what? The red wave is going to happen anyway. If I don't make it to the polls, it's raining outside. It's cold outside. I don't know. I'm not feeling well. No problem because the red wave is going to happen with or without me. You also need to factor in Roe v. Wade because it is a factor. For many women, that is the number one issue. They'll literally rather be poor. They rather have a, a, a loaf of bread cost $5 and, a, and, and, and pay $6 a gallon for gas, but – uh, not have Roe v. Wade overturned. It, it's it's mind boggling, and especially because it's bizarre because this this it, it, the the courts gave it back to the states. If a person lives in New York or lives in California, they have nothing to worry about uh, because the state's not going to change anything. But this was a factor, and you know what? Some moderate Republicans, you know what they say? They'll say, "Listen, now you need to appoint moderates to the Supreme Court." They'll say Trump should not have appointed Kavanaugh. Trump should not have appointed Coney Barrett. Because look at the damage it did. You need to appoint moderates to the Supreme Court who are not going to overturn things like Roe v. Wade because it ended up hurting us in the election. Really? I mean, is that the attitude now? Is that the mindset? We're supposed to become leftists, basically, in order to win elections. We're supposed to sell our souls and become leftists, you know, because remember, a lot of the country despises conservative values. So there is that mindset out there, which I think is just insane. I think it's ludicrous. You You cannot... Uh, just give up your – then why not just become a Democrat? Uh, it, Democrats are winning right now. So let's just become Democrats and let's just sacrifice all of our principles, all of our values. That, it doesn't make any sense, but there is that, there is that sentiment. In addition, think about this. The Democrats, they spent $53 million funding Trump candidates in the primaries because they felt those were weak candidates and they wanted to put them in place because they felt it would be easier to beat them. And that that strategy seems 
to have paid off and seems to have been extremely successful, which is very interesting. All right. So and so here's what you guys are telling me. Here's what I'm hearing from a lot of you is Trump was a great president. We're not taking anything away. He did things. He built a wall. Who would have ever thought that he figured out how to build a wall? He moved the embassy, the economy. I mean, who? amazing what Trump did for the economy. The economy was booming. I mean, you know, COVID hit and the lockdowns and then everything tanked. Imagine how how much worse it would have been had there not been a strong economy for all the years. Uh, Trump, lowest unemployment in, in, in decades, lowest black unemployment ever, lowest female unemployment ever. Uh, uh, you know, he created so many millions of jobs, the stock market. Here's, that's what all of you are saying is we're not taking away from any of that great accomplishments. But now he's a liability. Now he's hurting the party. So he's he's doing more harm than good. Well, okay, but we need to break it down into into two different components here. This is very important. Just because Trump chose bad candidates in Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada, does that mean that Trump himself cannot win in 2024? I'm, this is what I'm hearing is people are equating the two. They're saying, listen, it's not just that there, there are two separate issues over here. Number one, which candidates do you choose in congressional and Senate races? And number two, can Trump himself as a candidate win in 2024, or do we want to try some something like DeSantis? By the way, a lot of people are very, very annoyed at Trump that he's picking on DeSantis. He's calling him Ron DeSanctimonious, and you know he he he's saying a lot of critical, negative, disparaging things about Ron DeSantis. Why are you picking a fight with Ron DeSantis? N- number one, there should never be any infighting. The Republicans, obviously, uh, unless there's a heated primary race, and even then you shouldn't get too negative, but you should never, ever, in 2022, there is no reason one Republican should ever be saying anything negative about another Republican, let alone the man who might be the leader, might be the candidate, and and, and the man who everybody's looking to as their hope, you know, to, 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 to reverse course, because... Uh, we're headed in the wrong direction right now. We're going down. DeSantis might be the person. He might be the next Trump, what Trump did in 2016, to rescue the party from from the abyss. So what's Trump doing? A lot of people are upset about about that. Again, it comes down to the same thing. It's all about Trump. It, 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 it's, it's Trump before party. Does that mean, though, that he cannot win in 2024? I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. I'll tell you my thoughts here in a moment. But you, you could say, listen, he made really, really bad choices uh, for Congress, for congressional candidates, doesn't mean that he himself, he's hes a whole different animal. And we're talking about a national race, not just one one district or one state. So we got to separate those two things. And uh, here's how I look at this. I look at this very simply. What are the strengths that Trump brings to the table that no other Republican has? What are his weaknesses? It, the way I look at it is very simple. This is uh, yeah, my critical thinking analysis for do you want Trump or do you not want Trump in 2024? And we might not have a choice because Trump is announcing here, here we're a couple of days away. So November 15th, he's going to announce his and we know what his, his announcement is. And I, I mean, you never know. Somebody may pressure him to back down. But Trump is running. Trump is running in 2020 for 2024. And he's going to be tough to beat. And maybe maybe DeSantis can bring him down. Maybe DeSantis can be the person. But Trump has a very loyal following. Look at look at what happened with the candidates that he supported. You could tell me that Democrats don't like Trump. You could tell me independents can't stand Trump. But Republican voters, he's got a very, very loyal base. But um, the way I look at it is, what are Trump's strengths? What are his weaknesses? And if his strengths are replaceable and his weaknesses are very, very damaging, which they seem to be, then the answer is you put up a new candidate. You choose DeSantis. You maybe even choose, I don't know, Mark Rubio. Is Ted Cruz in the mix? I'll take Ted Cruz. I'll take Mike Pence. And I'll tell you why. Because even though they may not have Trump's strength, 
they don't his weaknesses <clears throat> excuse me have become so damaging at this point that even if you have somebody with slightly less winning ability than Trump but like are you really I mean he he might he might get crushed at this point so uh, yeah take somebody like Ron DeSantis somebody like Mike Pence that people can rally around that maybe will attract a lot of independent voters maybe even a few moderate Democrats. So now suddenly Trump's strengths are not nearly as important. If if he doesn't have the, if you have Trump's strengths without the weaknesses, weaknesses, you'll say, listen, he's won. He's won in the past. He rallies the, you know, rallies voters. So he's got strengths that are irreplaceable, but his weaknesses have become, his flaws have become so toxic. That's the argument. And, and, and you know, I'm not saying they're definitely toxic, but if the flaws may be toxic, if he may be a really, really dangerous risk, and at the same time, he can win, but DeSantis can also win. I'm not saying DeSantis can can govern like Trump governed. I don't think anybody can withstand the pressure Trump withstood and govern that well. But we got to get in the White House right now. And you can make a case that DeSantis or Mike Pence or Rubio or others have a much, much better chance of winning than Trump in 2024. And by the way, an ironic – and that doesn't take away from any of Trump's achievements. An ironic silver lining here is that these results – um uh, of this past election day, this the, the, this this lack of a red wave may enable Joe Biden. And, and, and we, t- we spoke to Yochanan Dunn from Mishpacha. He said this, that uh, Biden may actually say, you know what, I'm running again in 2024 at age 82. Biden may be the Democrat nominee because, look, he he, he, he didn't do so badly. I mean, uh, you know, he, he he did OK. He did better than a lot of other presidents uh, during their midterms after, you know, in their first term. So that's really interesting. I would I would give anything. We'd obviously give anything for Biden to be the candidate, even though I, he did one in 2020. He did win, I should say. But, you know, maybe maybe he stole the election, but maybe they'll steal it again. I don't know. But uh, nothing nothing's going to stop these people from trying. But I mean, Kim Jong Un could defeat Biden in a head to head race in 2024 if, there, if there's no election fraud. All right. Let me read you this piece from the American Spectator or excerpt is written by Scott McKay. Quote, <clears throat> excuse me, this should have been a massive wave election. Given the low job approval ratings of the sitting president, his first midterm election, given the favorable generic congressional ballot numbers, this should have been a plus five wave in the Senate and a plus 30 wave or bigger in the House. It also should have resounded down to state houses. And yet the GOP turns out apparently not to have been able to beat abysmal Democrat gubernatorial candidates like Katie Hobbs, Kathy Hochul and Gretchen Whitmer. There are so many utterly horrid Democrats who will remain in office after this election that it should be offensive to average Americans. Here is the truth that we on the right are going to have to accept. The American electorate in 2022 is awful. I'm going to interject here for a moment. Uh, He's going to bash Trump, but think about what he's saying. He's saying that voters are nuts, that this is just inexcusable. Okay, so let's get back to this piece here. Quote, Somehow the Democrats and their pals in the legacy media managed to convince a large swath of Americans that we are not in a recession. Four in five Americans are unsatisfied with the economy. A large majority seem to be furious about gas prices. People say crime is out of control, and yet barely half the country, if that, are motivated to unload the horrid leadership that caused those issues. Look at the state New York is in, yet the voters there overwhelmingly chose to retain Hochul. But gas prices will skyrocket thanks to the Biden administration's running out of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. The true shortage of both crude and refined petroleum products will soon become unmistakable. And it's going to be a cold winter in America and a rough time coming. By the way, I'm interjecting again here. I forgot the title of this piece. 
is maybe we have not suffered enough. That's the title. Maybe we have not suffered enough. And that is his theme is how much do you need to suffer before you push the controlling party out of office? All right. Back to this piece here. Quote, you only think it's rough now. You have no idea how bad things can get. When the diesel fuel runs out and the trucks don't move and the shelves go empty and the layoffs come, perhaps you'll think of 2022 as the good times. The responsibility of the American public was to deliver an utter rebuke to the left and the Democrat Party that the left runs. And the 2022 election was not a rebuke. How can you perform so manifestly awfully in running a country like the USA for the the past two years and not suffer a rebuke from the American public is mystifying. But the Democrats will perform even more manifestly awfully over the next Two years. I mean, it's it's comical, but it's frightening. The trouble is the Republicans are also performing manifestly awfully. And if the voters were only willing to deliver a mild rebuke at best of the Democrats, they do appear willing to deliver one to the Republicans as well. The voters took a look at the Republican Party and they don't prefer Mitch McConnell to Chuck Schumer. If they do not by a lot, they don't prefer Kevin McCarthy to Nancy Pelosi or if they do not by a lot. And they didn't see much of anything out of the GOP that they thought was worth voting for, even if they thought the Democrats were no better. This is not a new problem. It's the reason Donald Trump rose as the party's surprise nominee in 2016 and why he's the leading figure within the party still. Republican voters don't even like the Republican Party. And Trump was seen as somebody who could reinvigorate it. To some extent, he did. As underwhelming as things are right now, it would be infinitely worse if the Bush Republican brand was still dominant within the party. The problem is too many people would be G- who would be GOP voters think of it as a Bush Republican Party. It may be that shaking things up in the GOP upsets too many of the complacent, compassionate conservative crowd who prefer a slow descent into irrelevance for the party to a vigorous fight to the end, not just for the Republican brand, but for the country as founded. Right now, McCarthy has to be seen as a liability atop the GOP House leadership. Steve Scalise was always a better choice. Scalise is going to have to make a decision he would like not to, which is to step over his friend and lead, because if he won't, somebody else who can make a compelling case for conservatism will necessarily step over both of them. The worst result of the 2022 midterms, however, is that we will be stuck with Mitch McConnell as the leader in the Senate for two more years without Masters and Don Bolduc and Herschel Walker, who might yet win, and Mehmet Oz. It's going to be a hard it's going to be hard to find enough Republicans in the Senate who will vote against him, though Trump is demanding he go to be replaced by Rick Scott of Florida. But Trump did not play the net positive role he should have. And that might be the real takeaway. Mehmet Oz should not have been the GOP nominee in Pennsylvania. It should have been David McCormick. Everyone knows that now. McCormick should have uh, would have beaten the ridiculous John Fetterman easily. Oz lost while performing similarly to Trump in 2020. I'm not going to fault him for backing Masters. Masters was objectively the most interesting of the candidates in Arizona. I would not give up on him as someone with future in politics. I cannot under, I can't understand Carrie Lake's underperformance, except she must have come on entirely too strong. But even then, in a competitive state, it's impossible to fathom her losing to Katie Hobbs. But when Trump rejoiced in John O'Day's loss in Colorado on election night, it was a rotten look. It's also a rotten look for Trump to throw jabs at Ron DeSantis, the single brightest light in the Republican Party. DeSantis held Charlie Crist under 40 percent. Um, one re-election by 20 points. It's clear that DeSantis is the future of the GOP. Um, what we'll have to discover is whether rather than the future of the party, DeSantis must become its present because what he's done in Florida and turning it definitively from purple to red in just four years is the single most impressive thing in Republican politics. Frankly, it might be just about the only impressive thing in Republican politics right now. Republicans should study DeSantis and emulate him. He is the standard. And as America turns bleak over the next two years, he might be the only inspiration the party has left. All right. That's going to do it for today. Hopefully better news to come in the coming weeks. And we will see you next time.